I'm Mercedes Stevenson, and this is the West Block, politics, perspectives, and players. It's been over seven years since the civil war began in Syria. Hundreds of thousands of people have died, and millions more have been displaced as refugees. Four years ago, a group of volunteers formed an organization called the White Helmets. They operate inside Syria to pull civilians out of the rubble after bombings and help them escape danger as well as access emergency medical services. As we head into the second month of the October ceasefire deal, those working on the ground with the White Helmets fear that peace will not hold. What does this mean for Syria? Late last week, I sat down with the Syrian campaign policy advisor to the White Helmets. Here's that interview. Kinan Romani joins me now. Kinan, you've been to Syria many times. I know you are on top of this file. We don't hear about Syria as much anymore in the news. So can you begin by giving us a bit of an update on what the situation is right now on the ground in Syria? Yeah, absolutely. Great to be here uh, with you. I think you know, it's unfortunate that Syria has gone out of the spotlight because it remains a very important uh, part of the world that, you know, there should be much more effort uh, to try to secure, the, you know, the situation there. Uh, right now there is a de-escalation agreement that was agreed upon by Russia and Turkey, which uh, was implemented in the middle of October. And that agreement established a buffer zone around the last opposition stronghold in northwest Syria. And the agreement uh, is that Russia and Turkey will patrol that buffer zone. They will ensure that there aren't violations of the ceasefire by either side. And unfortunately, what we've been seeing in the past week is an escalation from the Assad regime onto uh, rebel groups that are inside the stronghold. And then we've seen return fire from the rebel groups onto the Assad regime. So it looks like the ceasefire maybe is in a fragile state and could uh, fall apart in the next month. Obviously, we hope that doesn't happen. Idlib is an area in which there are more than 3 million re residents. Half of those have been evacuated from other areas. And the thing that makes Idlib very unique is that there's nowhere left for people to be evacuated to. So if this area were to fall under the control of the Assad regime, probably through a very violent military offensive by the Assad regime in Iran and Russia, that would result in possibly a million refugees, and that would be a huge catastrophe. How much of the country does Assad control right now? Uh, this is another you know, misconception, is that people say Assad has won the war. The reality is that Assad controls little more than 50% of the country. The rest of it is controlled either by the Turkey-backed rebel groups in the Northwest, or by the U.S.-backed Syrian Democratic forces in the East and Northeast, uh, which the U.S.-led coalition has leveraged to fight against ISIS. Um, and, and Assad controls you know, major population centers, uh, a lot of territory, but you know, if you look at more than half the population of Syria is displaced, millions of refugees, Assad really doesn't control that, that much of the country to be able to say that he's won the war. I know you have family in Syria, and you go in and out of Syria. How would you describe the experience of being there? I mean, it's something that, for us living in America, we we can't you know we can't relate to it. You go in there, uh, there's bombing on a daily basis. There's you know families who have been completely separated. Either you know the 
the brothers and sisters are now in Germany or in, uh, in other parts of Europe or in Canada. And um, you know, many families have loved ones who are in the Assad regime's detention facilities. There are possibly 95,000 uh, people who have been detained by the Assad regime. Most of these were peaceful protesters and activists who we, we have no idea where they are. There are many people who have had their loved ones killed by barrel bomb attacks or by chemical weapons attacks. And, and these people are just, now all they want is just to live. They want to live with their f dignity. They want to have a normal life. And unfortunately, that's just not possible as long as the Assad regime is controlling and Russia is dictating the future of the country. Do you think we've seen the worst of the violence or is it that things have slowed down a bit now because of these agreements, but it could easily slide back into uh, the, the cadence that we saw before? I mean, I really hope that we've seen the worst. I really don't think that the Syrian people can endure more tragedy and more destruction. Um, but I just don't understand as long as you have the Assad regime, which has been the one responsible for you know, 90% of the violence in the country. And as long as you have Russia and Iranian militias, I mean, 80% of the Assad regime's ground force now are Iran-backed militias, uh, Hezbollah and Iraqi militias and militias even from Afghanistan and Pakistan that are aligned with the Iranian regime. As long as you have all of these in the country, that's going to be a magnet for you know, for ISIS, for Al-Qaeda, for whatever other uh, extremist organizations develop. And what is, you know, what is the long-term solution to this conflict if it doesn't involve a, a real political solution that takes the Assad regime out of power, that holds accountable everyone that's committed war crimes, regardless of if it's the regime or the opposition, and gives Syrians a, a stable future that allows them to have a voice and a democracy that they can be a part of? Why do you think Western countries have failed to act, have failed to do something about the human rights violations and the atrocities in Syria? Well, I think that the, the world has um, forgotten not just Syria, but people, you know, there, there's conflict around the world. And countries that in the past used to rise to the occasion to, to defend these populations, to stop dictatorships from massacring their own people, um, haven't haven't done that, and you know, obviously there have been a lot of mistakes throughout history in in Rwanda, in Bosnia, and Kosovo. There have been a lot of times where we waited too long to act to protect people, and we've seen we've seen the consequences of of those humanitarian catastrophes. But in Syria specifically, I think that the Obama administration came in in two thousand and nine and looked at the, uh, the, the failure, looked at the Iraq war as a failure, uh, looked at it as you know, something that generated more humanitarian catastrophe, ruined to some extent the, the reputation of the US military's efforts, and wanted to change that, wanted you know, leading from behind and pivoting to other parts of the world, uh, focusing on economic partnerships and other things. And that left a vacuum. It, there was a vacuum of leadership when uh, the Obama administration decided to do that. And, and then when you had the Arab Spring from Yemen to Libya to Iraq to Syria, we see the, the failings of the international community to rise and, and confront extremism, to confront authoritarianism, uh, and to confront you know, the, the basic human, human rights of people in that region. How do Syrians see the world now? After this happening to them, 
uh, and the hope that maybe NATO would come to their rescue or the United Nations or someone. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's a group that you've worked with very closely, the White Helmet Syrians helping other Syrians who have done more to save lives in desperate situations than any of the big international institutions. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking to see the hope being crushed. I think, you know, just as painful as it is to see half a million people killed and millions of refugees, millions of children who have been out of the education system and have no futures now, just as heartbreaking as it is to see all of that, it's just as heartbreaking to see the hope crushed in people that there is an international community that cares about democracy and cares about human rights. Syrians now have seen the United Nations Security Council, which is supposed to maintain peace and stability in the world, as one of those members of the Security Council is dropping bombs on them, is vetoing investigations into the war crimes that are being committed by the Assad regime. And, and that has led Syrians to have a complete change in the way that they view the world. I mean, the Assad regime has always told the Syrian people that the U.S. is your enemy and that NATO is your enemy and all of these, but people didn't really believe it. But now they're seeing for themselves that the international community hasn't stepped up to save them. And, you know, unfortunately, some percentage of Syrians have turned to uh, violence as a way to try and, and you know, make things right, but that, hasn't, that, has, that, that will never work either. What we need is an international community that takes its role as the defender of liberal democracy seriously, and we need for that international community to, to come in and save Syrians and save other people who are persecuted around the world. Canada took in 40,000 Syrian refugees. Uh, now we're bringing in some of those white helmets who have managed to escape Syria after Assad began targeting them. Is Canada doing enough? I mean, everyone can do more. Um, I think the vacuum that's been left uh, by, you know, the United States not not leading in this effort um, should be filled by all of the like like-minded countries that do believe in liberal democratic values and do believe in the protection of human rights. Um, and I think Canada definitely has a role to play there. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for checking out the West Block podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and listen on your Apple podcast, Google podcast, or wherever you find your podcast. And join the conversation at the West Block Facebook and check out our Instagram page. And please tune in again.